You're listening to Real Presence Live. Now, back to more inspirational and uplifting stories and a look at the extraordinary things happening in our local area. Heard right here on the RPR Network. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You are listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. My name is Nathan Sather. I'm your host this morning, joining you from our studio here in Fargo, uh, where we shouldn't really be complaining too much about the weather. It has been cold, but we had a wonderful fall, and I think people are starting to get a little bit um, uh, winterized, for lack of a better word. We're, we're kind of tired of the winter, but I'm trying to remember that we had an absolutely gorgeous fall and, and to be thankful for the warm fall that we had as I'm freezing and turning my, my car up to high on the heat <laughs> as I'm driving around the frozen tundra here in Fargo. Uh, but we're going to be joined in this segment by Camille Polly. Uh, Camille lives in Rapid City, and she's uh, working on a video series uh, as a part of a collaboration with Healing the Culture. And these are things I don't know much about, so I'm very excited to have her on here to learn about the initiatives that are happening there in our listening area in Rapid City. Camille, welcome to Real Presence Live. Hi, Nathan. Good to talk to you. And I have to say, I'm from Seattle, and we just moved here two years ago to Rapid City, and I'm loving this weather. <laughs> really? I'll take, I'll take all the snow I can get. We well, had a dump last night, and I love it. Well, but you're, you're used to the, the clouds and the rain, right? I mean, that's not just a, a, a stereotype, is it? Uh, it kind of is. We have a season, but we have nice weather, too, in Seattle. But we don't get snow like this, not this much, so I've been loving it here. Yeah. So are you a, like you were born and raised in Seattle? No, I was born in New Jersey, raised in New Mexico, and then uh, was a young adult in Seattle. And now here I am in Rapid City. I kind of like making the rounds. So yeah, yeah, here well, I am. Well, it's definitely a circle, you know, uh, a, a yep. counterclockwise circle. Um, yep, why? that's right. People, people say we'll end up in Florida eventually, but I don't think so. I love Rapid City. I think we're here to stay. Well, and, well, first of all, what brought you to Rapid City and why do you love it so much, Camille? You know, we were longing for freedom. We really were. It was getting hard to do what we do well in Seattle. We run a film studio. It was getting too expensive. There were too many riots, <laughs> too many shutdowns. So we, we did not want our work to be jeopardized by a crazy state government. So we came here where it's been very friendly, very free, and we've been very um, just thriving here. Our, our work is national. We could be anywhere to do the work that we do as long as it's, you know, yeah. friendly. And this is just a great state to do the kind of work we do. Okay, so w w was this move, like, before all the COVID things, or was it... Uh... No, no, we were pretty set, settled in Seattle. It was a great place to be for a while, but, you know, it was it was really the lack of, uh, just a lack of focus in the government towards common cause to organizations like ours that made us realize we needed to protect the mission. Yeah. And, uh, and we did a long search. We went to many states, and, uh, boy, Rapid City was always at the top of the list. And it, we chose Rapid City for that, but also for our family. I have young children, and it's a, just a great place for a family to grow. And we homeschool, and that's awesome, too. And the church is alive and well, and we, we just love it. We love our bishop. <laughs> so it's been a good move all the way around. Well, well I'll tell you what, Rapid City has a, a history for some uh, amazing bishops. Um, uh, Father, or not Father, uh, Bishop Charles Chaput uh, was yes. originally from... Uh, Rapid City as the bishop before moving on to Denver and then Philadelphia. Uh, so yes, yeah, that's, that's right. I know him well, and he's awesome. He's been a big supporter of our mission, and I know he did wonderful things when he was here. Yeah, so, wonderful. So what yeah. what is that mission, Camille? Tell us a little bit about the mission. So Healing the Culture is a pro-life organization, and we're unique. There are no other organizations like us anywhere in the world. Um, 
What we do is we take the curriculum of Father Robert Spitzer, who many of your listeners are probably familiar with through his work on EWTN and Catholic Radio, um, with the Spitzer Universe and his Magis Center. We take his curricula on the philosophy of the human person, and we develop all kinds of materials and educational resources to teach your average person why he or she should be pro-life using logic and reason, arguments of the head and arguments of the heart. Most of what we do is film, so we've built a big film studio out here in Rapid City, which is just uh, just opened, and we've filmed our first series there already, which we can talk about in a bit, but we also design curricula for high schools, for homeschool parents. We have a parish partners program for parishes during Respect Life Sunday. There's scripts and, and read from the pulpit material and stuff for the bulletins, uh, and we have a program for college students where we train them on their campuses how to speak with their peers on pro-life using Father Spitzer's particular curriculum on happiness and freedom. Um, and then we have a really wonderful program for kindergarten, first, second, third graders called Philo and Sophie. It's a video program, and uh, it's kind of like Sesame Street. It's a lot of fun. It's used in classrooms. Um, it's used in homeschools. Grandparents watch it with their grandkids, and it teaches pro-life values little by little on a, on a little kid's level without violating their innocence. You know, we don't talk about abortion or euthanasia, but we talk about, look at this baby and look at how real he is and, you know, look at what true success is and real happiness and real quality of life and what does freedom mean? And we just embed these ideals from a Catholic perspective in kids when they're really young so they grow up really healthy uh, when they encounter pro-abortion arguments. So that's what we do. Very educational. Yeah, so so the... the but the name of, of your mission, if you will, that's that's the healing the culture portion, correct? Yeah, yes. He, healing the culture is the name of the organization. Father okay, Spitzer yeah. wrote a book called Healing the Culture, and most of what we do is building curricula for, you know, like I said, for kindergarten, even preschoolers through adults. And then we train people how to use those resources. Yeah, and, and well, Father Spitzer's in Washington State, isn't he? No, he was for a long time. Oh. He taught at Seattle University, and then he was the president at Gonzaga, and he's been oh, in right. uh, the Los Angeles area in California for, uh, uh, gosh, I don't know, eight, nine years. And okay. he runs the Majus Center there now. So he gets around, Nathan. <laughs> yeah, well, yeah, you and him both. Uh, how, how did you come into contact with, with Father Spitzer? I'd be very interested to find out. Ali, you know, when I got out of college, I knew I wanted to be a pro-life leader. That, that was my whole mission. I went to get a master's degree in communications leadership for that. And so I went to work right away out of college for um, Human Life of Washington, which is the Washington State chapter of National Right to Life. And right, I was maybe like 23 years old. Father Spitzer had just gotten on the board of Human Life of Washington. And um, so I connected with him because they hired me. I didn't know this at the time, but they hired me so that they could have somebody to implement this brand new philosophical, pedagogical idea that Father Spitzer had in his head for the pro-life movement so that somebody could implement it through Human Life of Washington. So that was my whole job, was to meet him. I spent weeks learning from him, and then I took all of his classes at Seattle U, and then he wrote his book, Healing the Culture, by dictating it to me as I typed it, typed it in the computer. And I was hooked, Nathan. He's just so rich and filled with not just content and knowledge for the pro-life movement, but for how to live your whole life. Yeah. And I was a Spitzer fan. <laughs> I, came, I became a Spitzer groupie right away. And we worked together. Well, it's been 30 years now we've been working together, and he's the president of our board. So, uh, And he will be here in Rapid City 
on June 24th, I should mention that we're doing a huge Dobbs celebration, um, first year anniversary of the Dobbs decision that overturned Roe versus Wade on June 24th here in Rapid City. And we'll be, um, you know, people can get tickets online, and I think we'll put tickets online in a couple of weeks. But he'll be here as a keynote speaker. And it's going to be an awesome opportunity for people to find out more about him, get to know him, come and meet him if you have never got to meet him before, and hear him speak. Is that a one-day event, or is it a weekend? That is a, yeah, it's an evening event on Saturday, June 24th, and it's going to be at the, uh, oh, I forget where the hotel is, it's out in Box Elder, near Rapid City. Um, but it'll all be on our website in a few weeks. And um, if people want to get an invitation to that, they can email me at healingtheculture.com, and we can make sure that they get a um, an invitation. I'm sorry, it's actually healingtheculture.org. We just changed, but um, yeah, and so, we can send people an invitation so they know. So if they just go to healingtheculture.org, there's a contact us page, and that's how they get to your email, or...? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They can okay. find me on their on the contact page. They can email anybody on the contact page and just ask for information on the Father Spitzer event in June, and we will send you that that information. Well, and I, I gonna, oh, I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was going to say it's going to be a kind of a fun event because we're going to do it like a black tie event, so people get to get dressed up and wear their fancies, and uh, they'll be real elegant and nice. Something that we don't get to do all the time, so we thought that would make it extra special. Yeah. Well, and I, I just absolutely love the idea in general. We we had a, a small gathering at our house um, after the dubs happened, and had one of our our priests in town pray a rosary uh, with oh, those that gathered it. in the backyard. And uh, I, I made the comment afterwards, like you know, uh, how little did I think God could actually do? Like I didn't think this would happen in my lifetime. Like how how faithful am I? <laughs> <laughs> Nathan, I, I don't blame you one bit. I thought the same thing for 30 years, and I happened to be on the steps of the Supreme Court in Washington, D.C. on the day the Dobbs decision was rendered. And that was God's way of saying, oh, yeah, what do you know? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Look what I can do. <laughs> well, and I think, so, I think what, what surprised me, Camille, is everything's trending in a worse direction, right? And yet mm-hmm. that's the time that God allowed this change to take place, which just reminds me like, oh yeah, who's actually in charge? Like who's, we're not asked to be successful, we're asked to be faithful. I have not been right. as faithful as I, right. I should have been. Um, why, right. why do I think God can't work through situations in miraculous ways? What kind of, how small is the God I believe in? You know what I mean? Oh, I love that. And I, I'm right there in solidarity with you on my weakness of faith. But, I, you know, we always focus on those theological virtues of love and faith because they're super important, but we forget about yeah. hope. And I'm really focusing on hope now because when we don't have that hope, we don't think that God can do big things either in the culture or in my own life to make me holy. Yeah. So hope is what it's all about for me right now. Yeah, no, oh, that that's so beautiful. I, I, I need to be reminded of that, too. I just... My wife, during our family prayers, were talking about this maybe a week or two ago about how our, our prayers are usually for small things. You know, oh, help me be nice to my wife or help me be nice to my sister. Like, that's the best God can do. Like, <laughs> that be uh, nice to your wife thing is pretty important, though, Nathan. I got it. <laughs> uh, yeah, but, I, but my, my prayer should be larger. Like, Lord, instill oh, miraculous graces in my heart so I stop treating her terribly, you know. Uh, pray, oh, yes. pray, pray for big things. And so uh, we'll yes. come back on the other side of this break with Camille, who tells a little bit more about the wonderful work that she's doing. And you'll hear all about that on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network.
Stay with us. There's more Real Presence Live to come on the Real Presence Radio Network. Daily Meditations of Pope Benedict XVI, presented by Leonardo Filippis of St. Luke Productions. The Deep Desire of the Magi Why did the Magi set off from afar to go to Bethlehem? The answer has to do with the mystery of the star which they saw in the east and which they recognized as the star of the King of the Jews, that is to say, the sign of the birth of the Messiah. So their journey was inspired by a powerful hope toward the kingship of God himself. The Magi set out because of a deep desire which prompted them to leave everything and begin a journey. This is the mystery of God's call, the mystery of vocation. It is part of the life of every Christian. When the Magi came to Bethlehem, going into the house they saw the child with Mary his mother, and they fell down and worshipped him. Here at last was the long-awaited moment, their encounter with Jesus. Going into the house. This house, in some sense, represents the church. In order to find the Savior, one has to enter the house which is the church. They fell down and worshipped him and offered him gifts, gold, frankincense and myrrh. Here is the culmination of the whole journey. Encounter becomes adoration. It blossoms into an act of faith and love which acknowledges in Jesus, born of Mary, the Son of God made man. The secret of holiness is friendship with Christ and faithful obedience to his will. This meditation is taken from Benedictus, published by Ignatius Press and Magnificat, and produced by St. Luke Productions. Learn more at stlukeproductions.com. You're listening to Real Presence Live on the Real Presence Radio Network. Join the conversation on our Facebook page or on Twitter, and be sure to like and follow us for more great Catholic content. Now, back to the show. Welcome back to Real Presence Live. You're listening across the Real Presence Radio Network. I'm Nathan Sathy, your host, joining you from the studio here in Fargo, and I have Camille Pauly with me. And we've been talking about uh, her amazing life and the way that God has kind of worked through her to put her into situations to help fight against the culture. And then we talked about how we had no faith (laughs) in in God being able to do wonderful things when it came to the Dobbs decision. Uh, But what I'd I'd like to get a little bit more into the actual work uh, that you're doing there and uh, you have a, a, a Truth in 90 Seconds video series that I think more people are realizing the way to engage the culture, unfortunately, but it's just the reality of, upon which people find themselves now. Uh, you, you've got a very brief period of time to, to try to get their attention. Everything is a one-minute TikTok video, or, or at most, if, if there's a video on YouTube that's more than five minutes long, people probably won't click on it. So tell us a little bit about that, Camille, why you chose to do this and, and some of the work that's been gone into it and some of the successes as well. Uh, well, it was a great decision to do this. Very hard because it's hard to get Father Spitzer in 90 seconds. <laughs> 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 He's more of a two-hour kind of guy there. But, uh, but we decided we needed a video series that could give people the answers to the most important questions they hold. And the ones that are the really tricky, sticky uh, questions for people who are pro-choice or people who are pro-life and don't know how to answer those questions. So we created a series 
They're short videos. They're fun to watch. Uh, they're 90 seconds long, give or take a few seconds. Um, and it's called Truth in 90 Seconds. And uh, they answer things like, what about rape and incest? What about the life of the mother? What about fetal disabilities? You know, what about when somebody's terminally ill and, you know, is in pain or is considers their life worthless or is in despair? You know, wh- what about all those questions? What about a child who's unborn who's going to die before he's born, and, you know, in the best medical judgment? So we created a whole series on all these questions. There's 16 units. We have I think we have eight of them online now, and they're releasing once a week so people can subscribe, and then you'll get a new one in your inbox every week all through Lent and beyond. And um, and you can access it on our website, healingtheculture.org, if you follow uh, the route to Respect Life University. So we have a whole segment on our website that is a little university, online university with videos. And so if they go to healingtheculture.org and click on Respect Life University, they will see those Truth in 90 Seconds videos right at the top. And Nathan, it's just been a phenomenal project with incredible blessings. Is it like an animated thing? Is it actually like you're interviewing Father Spitzer or he's, you know, his voice is dubbed over? Like, how, how does it actually look? So, so Truth in 90 Seconds, it's actually me, so I'm giving the 90 seconds, but um, over the top of me, there's all kinds of animation, and so it, it makes it really engaging, really interesting to watch and listen to, and, um, you know, and really, it, it helps you understand the concepts when you can see. So there's a lot of gra- graphic animation going on, you know, word animation, and then we have some character animation, too, to make it kind of fun. Um, very professionally done. I have an awesome team of animators um, and film editors uh, and studio production guys who just did a, just did a great job. Um, we will be coming up with another series. We're filming another series in June, late June, that will be called Spitzer Talks, and it will have Father Spitzer, and he'll be doing 20 episodes of that. Short. Those will be a little longer, short five-minute video courses on every pro-life um, concept that he teaches, from freedom to contradictions, the principle of the ends don't justify the means, you know, all of those philosophical topics. But we, if people subscribe to Truth in 90 Seconds, we will let them know when that Spitzer Talk series comes out, too. And then they can access those videos uh, as they come out. And, and are these only on your website? Are they on different platforms? Oh, yeah. People can find them on YouTube. If you just uh, search for Healing the Culture on YouTube, you can access them there, too. And then you can, you know, you can share them and spread them around. Um, we, they've only been released for, I think, a little under a month, and we've already gathered, I think, 160, climbing up to 170,000 views already. And we also have used them as advertising on YouTube. You know, when you're watching a YouTube video, yeah. and you get a little ad that you can watch, and you can skip it if you want. Well, our Truth in 90 Seconds videos will come up. The whole 90-second video will come up like an ad. And we have an over 50% rate of people watching them all the way to the end. Really? Like usually people skip the ad after yeah. 10 seconds. Yeah, 50% of the people who see them watch them all the way to the end. It's been uh, incredible. I'm, so they're reaching people. I'm, I'm, I'm curious. Uh, I think you can choose this if I remember right. If, if the teaser is 5 seconds or 15 seconds, are you, are you guys doing the 5-second teaser or the 15-second teaser? Oh, heck, I don't know. Oh. <laughs> You gotta ask my YouTube guy that question. I don't know. Hmm. Yeah, Cause, I don't know. Because I, I know the ones that you know are 15 seconds. It gives you a little bit more of a of a bite, if you will, to try to force people to be interested. You know, to hook oh. them, so to speak. 
it's, oh, I, I didn't even know that. I don't. I'm not a techie person, so I didn't. Yeah, know well, I, I I have a YouTube channel, um, but uh, it's basically only because my daughter had a video that like her the views on it blew up like accidentally we just it was basically just us singing happy birthday to our our kids so that my dad who you know doesn't live close by so he could watch them and and one of hers like had two million views and so yeah it makes no sense it's not even special it's not like you know someone falls or a cat hits the ceiling fan or something it's just us singing happy birthday um, I will have my social media people talk to you to figure out <laughs> well, and I, how you did that. That's so cool. Yeah, and I, and I just don't know if that yeah. if that ad is a choice or not because I don't I don't pay for advertising on there. Um, but yeah, if, if you're getting a fifty percent full view rate with a five second teaser, that's incredible. That you're doing something exceptional there. Yeah, it's good. People uh, want to hear this message. They are curious, and it's different. You know, you're used to seeing somebody trying to sell, you know, bleach or whatever, and here we're telling them a message that's beautiful yeah. and it's different when you're watching an ad on YouTube. Yeah. So. Yeah, it's, it's just... And the, oh, I'm sorry, go yeah, ahead. The, well, I just say the responses have been great for a lot of people who use our Truth in 90 Seconds are teachers in classrooms with high school or middle school students and they're telling us, we get messages back from them saying, this is amazing, do more of these. One guy told us that his students will argue, he'll show a Truth in 90 Seconds every day in the classroom and they can't wait for the Truth in 90 Seconds, you know, segment of class because then they think of all their arguments and they just throw out all these arguments afterwards and he said more often than not as they're arguing about the pro-choice side they'll start falling into the pro-life argument because of what they just heard and then they get stuck and then they don't know how to get out of it so it's (laughs) uh, you know that's the kind of stuff you want to hear um and 90 seconds is great but yet everybody says oh you know you got to make it short you got to make it short but the thing is you catch them with 90 seconds and then in the classroom it turns into a 45 minute discussion so while we sometimes bemoan that we have to get shorter and shorter and shorter because of attention spans the point is to catch them to give them something that makes them say, oh my gosh, I never thought of that. And then they want more and they research more and they go deeper. Yeah, yeah. And I'm, I'm really glad that they're animated too. Uh, I, I know this sounds yeah. foolish, um, especially for maybe folks like myself who are, are you know, I'm in my 40s now. I'm not exactly a, a kid anymore. Um, but the animated side captures everyone's attention. If you throw mm-hmm. Father Spitzer on there, uh, Bless, bless our hearts, most uh, people are not going to, oh, hey, there's a guy. But the, the animation captures your mind. And, yeah. and I know folks like um, Prager University, my kids love Prager University. It's like four to five minute videos on you know, different topics of uh, economics or freedom or morality. And my kids will sit there and they will beg to watch more PragerU videos. And I'm like, we're talking about like you know tax policy. <laughs> we're, we're talking about why the Ten Commandments are posted on on courthouses throughout the country. Like you're not mm-hmm. supposed to enjoy this, but they mm-hmm. they're captivated they by I the animation. Yeah, I'm a PragerU fan too, and that's uh, that was part of my inspiration for the Truth in 90 Seconds. So it works. The animation helps. It, and it doesn't just make it more interesting. It actually helps it sink in your brain deeper when you see the words on the screen and you see the figures. It, it, it's actually research done that that helps the concept sink, sink in more because we are a visual, you know, snapshot people. That's This is what we're yeah. used to seeing, and this is how we learn. Yeah. So we'll fit whatever the learning model is of the day, Nathan. Yeah. So is, is most of your... Um the funds that support you, are they like a you know, non-for-profit donations or is right. it for-profit work? I'd be very curious. Nope. Nope. We're all non-profit, all okay. donor-supported. 
Um, we do get a few grants, but most of the funding that we get for our annual budget is all coming from small donors, medium donors, and some major donors who are very, very faithful. And, uh, you know, some people are doing 10 bucks a month every month, and that's what sustains us. Yeah, and so I'm assuming you can just go to healingtheculture.org and there's a donate tab or... Yes, that's right, healingtheculture.org. There's a donate tab, and uh, you can be a monthly partner or just one time. Um, but also pray for us. That's the other thing we need. It's, you know, this is not easy work, and it's hard um, hard to do and hard to, and expensive to get it out, so we need people to pray for us. If they don't mind sticking us in their, their prayer tonight, just a little prayer for healing the culture. Yeah, 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 and and for the Majus Center. I mean, I know. Oh yeah. Um, uh, I've had I've been surprised. I'll put it that way, of the number of conversations I've had with people since I became an on fire Catholic person, who don't think that there's any room whatsoever for reason in matters of religion or faith, and that huh. that's deeply surprising to me. I just assume people thought you know that that would be the case. But often they think, no, religion's just a fairy tale. It's just Santa Claus. Like, you guys want to believe your nonsense. You guys, you guys go right ahead. We'll carve out provisions in law so you can still be bigots. Um, there's, there's, no, there's, there's no sense of, there, there's an intellectual tradition here, and our reason guides us in these things. And that's what I think Father yeah. Spitzer's work has been incredible on. And who would know that better than you? <laughs> yeah, yeah, well, you know, and interesting how the ancient philosophers, you know, Plato and Aristotle, who were theists, by the way. They were not atheists. They were theists. You know, they're the ones who came up with the logical philosophical pursuits, and it was the Catholic Church that really developed it further. You know, the, the concept of thinking and debating and arguing and coming up with sound arguments and following science. You know, this was the Church that did this. This was yeah. religion that brought us this and made this uh, the pursuit of knowledge great. So, yeah, we, we need to show people, and... Uh, we teach them with good products, and I think Truth in 90 Seconds is one little piece, tiny piece of that pie. Yeah, and I think that's one of the great gifts of Father Spitzer, too, is, is the acknowledgement of, of the, a number of gifts that the culture, um, our civilization has had from the contributions of the church, university, science, whatever the case may be. He yep, does an incredible exactly. job of, of bringing that across. So, Camille, thank you so he much does. for joining us today and for the work that thank you do. You, Nathan. And welcome to the Dakotas. We're glad to finally have oh, you. <laughs> thanks. I love your buffalo steak. <laughs> I've become a real fan. <laughs> Wonderful. Well, again, thank you for joining us today on Real Presence Live, Camille. God bless you, dear heart. God bless you. And on the other side of this break, we'll talk with a person who tries to share the message of Jesus through the gifts that he's been given by God through writing. And we'll talk to him on the other side of this break. You're listening to Real Presence Live across the Real Presence Radio Network. Live, engaging, and local, this is Real Presence Live, where we bring you positive and uplifting stories and share the great things happening in our local area on the Real Presence Radio Network. 